Hey everybody, what is going on? Welcome to another episode of Deep Two, a basketball podcast where we talk hoops and the NBA. We're recording this podcast on Thursday, November 3rd, and we'll be talking about some key stuff that's happening in the NBA this week. My name is Kiefer Mendoza, and I'm joined today by my friend and co-host Ryan Stanley. Ryan, okay, I want you to picture this. And um, obviously you're married and you've been with your significant other, Lainey, for a very, very long time. So this situation is aggressively hypothetical. But picture this. Uh, you're in middle school, okay? You're dating a girl. You have reason to believe that she's cheating on you based on some evidence that you found. You don't necessarily break up with her just yet because you want to figure out the whole story. Then I come into the picture, a completely separate third party. I've just broken up with my middle school girlfriend, and I know that you two are on rocky terms. So I ask your girlfriend to be my girlfriend, despite the fact that, number one, y'all are still trying to figure out this whole situation, and number two, she's got the reputation of a cheater. So here's the question. Am I a complete idiot? So she'd be three-timing in that situation? Be, like, yes. Yes, she would be three-timing. You're, you're dude number three? I mean, yeah, you are absolutely. I mean, the fact that you think that that would end well says a lot about you. <laughs> oh, man. What? Uh, so this is hypothetical? Yeah. You, you sure it's I mean, hypothetical? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, but, folks, this situation I just described is basically basically an alternate version of what's happening with the Nets coaching, coaching situation right now. Um, but Ooh. we're going to dive into that in a few minutes. I don't want to jump <laughs> jump into that quite yet. Um, but first, we want to highlight some things from the past few days of NBA basketball. So, Ryan, why don't you give us some of your key takeaways from this week? All right. So my key takeaways for this week are, number one, the Heat are just not that good this mm. year, and I'm starting to worry about them. Had a huge win against the, the Golden State Warriors a couple of days ago from the time that we're recording this. Uh, but other than that, they've been off to a very, very slow start uh, offensively. They just, I mean, Bam looks out of place on a lot of possessions. Weirdly enough, they've been carried a lot by Tyler Hero so much over these last few games. I'm starting to recant my take that I don't like Tyler Hero. Um, you know, I believe in dreadlock Jimmy, but we'll see what happens there. Um, and then, you know, as I mentioned last week, Kyle Lowry is... Uh, he might have fallen off the cliff. I, he's really sad to see. Um, I, sometimes I forget how long he's been in the league. You, know, you kind of forget about Rockets and Grizzlies, uh, Kyle Lowry. But he's been in the league mm-hmm. for a while, so it makes sense that he'd be at this point already. Um, my next thing I put, uh, you know, I, I was watching the NBA last night uh, via League Pass. Watched a lot of games last night. And uh, it dawned on me, there's too many jerseys now. I'm, I'm good. Uh, I've always been very pro jersey for a long time, and even like a couple days ago, this the city edition jerseys all kind of like leaked in one big picture. I opened that very fast and, and thought about all of them. But the problem is, is uh, it just like do we need every team to have like five jerseys every year, and do like do like three or four of them have to change every year? Like all I can think is that I would love if every team just had like two jerseys a good home and away and then like a spicy third one for like big games you know like imagine your Bulls if they just had like the home whites and then they had like the reds and then they just broke out a sick black one for like primetime games yeah the black pinstripe one from the the MJ days be so tight 
But do we need every? Do we need like the statement jerseys, which I guess would be kind of like what I'm describing? And then you also have the city jerseys, then you also have like the earned edition jerseys for teams that made the playoffs. And then last year they had like those anniversary jerseys for like the first few teams that joined the league. And it's just so many. And I think like I hate to be cynical, but clearly the reasons for Nike to sell a bunch of jerseys. And I'm just good, you know. Yeah. What's ultimately ended up happening, I think, that made me made me shift my tone here, made me shift my allegiance to jerseys, is the fact that uh, like half the teams now are just making gray versions of their home jerseys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, they're just not that good this year. Honestly, there hasn't there hasn't been. I remember when they started doing the city and the statement jerseys when Nike when they officially moved to Nike jerseys, and I was like, a lot of them were, most of them were pretty sick, but then you start getting like, so like. The thing is, it's cool. I guess each each city jersey is cool to the city, but I'm not. If I'm a Giannis fan from, you know, Greenville, South Carolina, <laughs> I'm not gonna get a Cream City jersey. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, I don't want that. Or if I'm a, for some reason, like a Harrison Barnes fan, I'm not gonna get a oh, a, no. a jersey that says Sacktown <laughs> um, for for reasons I don't need to go into, but. Those those city jerseys often can be even. I'm, I'm a Chicago fan, and our city jersey um, from I think it was either last year or the year before that was completely random. Like um, there was the one with the with the Chicago flag, which was cool. It was like that blue, light blue and red with the star the red stars. And then last year was this weird like um, kind of kind of black and almost gold. And I just didn't like that one at all. I, I agree. They're they're kind of going a little overboard with all these jerseys. Oh, yeah, dude, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. And, I mean, some of them have looked sick. I think the Nets have done a great job with their City Edition jerseys. Obviously, like, the Miami Vice City ones are, are sick. But it's, like, even that, like, we've had, like, four different Miami Vice City jerseys now. And it's, like, we could just have the original ones. Like, there's no reason you can't wear those every year. So that's where I'm at on, at on that. And that was, uh, for some reason, bugging me last night. I think it was because the Knicks broke out their statement jerseys for this year. And I was, like man i want this but also wanted like the last like three of these that you guys had and that's the problem um so keith do you know what uh og ananobi mikhail bridges uh lou dort rj barrett drew holiday herb jones alex caruso matisse Thibel, <laughs> jimmy butler gary payton the second marcus smart dorian finney smith Kawhi leonard Jaden mcdaniels Giannis, and ben simmons all have in common wow not not an exclusive club it seems I'm going to say it's something to do with defense. That's all I know. <laughs> it is. It's because you saw my note here, didn't you? I really did it. Um, I really did yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you're right. It does have to do with defense. I spent one minute on Twitter last night, timed it at one minute, and uh, I found tweets that called every single one of those guys from, from this past week, tweets that called every one of those guys a quote-unquote top five perimeter defender in the NBA. <laughs> and I don't know if you recognize this, but I just read about 16 names, uh, which is more than five. And so... <laughs> Not adding up. I No, no. You, you can crunch the numbers, and uh, that one's just not checking out. Um, I don't know, man. Like, every player, I guess, just gets, like, one... Like, they disrupt one passing lane, and they're all of a sudden a top five defender in the NBA. 
I watched a lot of DeJounte Murray last night, and he had like seven steals or, or something like that. And I was like, oh, this guy, this is a top <laughs> defender in the NBA. Uh, which leads me to my overall point. I don't think anyone knows what makes you a good defender mm-hmm. or not. Because a lot of the time, you know, I think back to the, the bubble series between the Rockets and Thunder a few years ago, I think. Uh, if you remember, mm-hmm. that's when Russell Westbrook was on the Rockets. And, uh, you know, James Harden basically stepped in front of a passing lane and, and stole a ball during, like, a key possession. And then later on, he uh, deflected, like, an inbound pass. And then he gave, like, this whole big thing about how people, like, have always called him, like, a bad defender. And it's like, well, you still are. You just had two good plays, you know. And so I think I think that happens to a, to a lot of guys. And we just get used to uh, one or two big plays making us think that they're a great defender. Yeah. So... Anyways, NBA Twitter does not understand I'll defense. Say, I want to add to uh, that, too, that I think once a player, and this is, you know, I'll call this the sort of like the Marcus Smart, you know, thing. Or, or you know what, I won't disrespect Marcus Smart like that. Let's say the Pat Bev sort of thing of there's, for some reason, the automatic equate like equal, if you are somebody who dives on the floor for loose balls and – aggressively fouls people and maybe doesn't get called that much that makes you a good defender. And to, to a certain extent it does. If you know how to manipulate the, the refing system and you can get away with some, so with some fouls as you're guarding people like that, that does take some knowledge and skill, but I think it's, it is so much more than just, Hey, Pat Bev is like barking in your face literally. And that's his <laughs> defense. So I agree. I mean, I'm telling you, and it's it's always like with those types of defenders that like look on, they look like they're good defenders, but it's like they're one screen away from being 20 feet away from the basketball. And I don't know, man. I mean, some of those names are obviously incredible defenders. Uh, Lou Dort is, you know, the Dorcher Chamber. Um, Drew Holiday, you know, your guy Alex Caruso, uh, defensive player of the year, RJ Barrett. Um, but yeah, there's <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot going on there. Uh, next, um, <clears throat> I'm not going to pretend to be an expert. I'm not going to pretend that any of you are here to listen to my hot takes about about the world, nor do I want to be one of those guys. Uh, but it just feels a little tone deaf to not acknowledge what was probably one of the biggest stories of the last week. Um, I, I did my own uh, little, little perusing through uh, the documentary that Kyrie did not definitely did not promote by posting about it on social media um it it was horrific i'm glad he's donating a half a million dollars to the anti-defamation league to do uh you know to to support programs against uh, anti-semitism but that was uh it was rough I'm, i'm not gonna give any big big takes about the world here but um tough look for for Kyrie. i'm glad he's walking it back he didn't actually apologize at all he the Nets apologized, and he offered up money. Um, I think some of what he did was was literally, literally childish when confronted about the things that he was saying and doing. Uh, he was effectively talking over people, and um, yeah, tough look for Kyrie. Uh, hoping that, hoping you know, we we want to wish for the best for people. Want to believe in the best for people. I hope that this is a turning point for him because. Uh, certainly don't need more anti-Semitism. This is definitely more than my quota for 2022. Um, and my Knicks update, I wrote this when the Knicks were up by 23 over the Hawks last night. Um, they lost by like 16. 
So uh, <laughs> I wrote, it feels good to have a good point guard. Um, in my life, I've had to spend years pulling for uh, Jose Calderon, <laughs> Alfred Payton, a lot of uh, Frank Milikina, who I still believe is going to have a great year at some point, uh, Ramon Sessions, Jarrett Jack, Trey Burke, um, names that you don't really want to be pulling for. Not even if they're like your second team point guard, but uh, these are the guys opening night, and it feels good having Jalen Brunson on my Knicks, even if uh, so far it's been wildly up and down. So that's my Ryan update for the week. How are you doing, Keith? Oh, man. Good takeaways. Re- really insightful, and always can look forward to um, my weekly Knicks update because I'm gonna be honest, <laughs> I d- I'm not getting them um, throughout my own, my own week. So um, here are some of my takeaways. Uh, number one, Cade Cunningham. Man, Pistons aren't having much team success, which is kind of what we expected. But Cade over the last four games is shooting just under 50%. And these are his averages. These Just listen to these averages. 27.8 points, 8.3 boards, and 7.5 assists over the last four games. That's like all-star mm. starter level sort of averages if he was on a better team. Um, and obviously, you know, you can – a lot of players can put up good numbers on bad teams, but I wouldn't necessarily say the Pistons are a bad team. More as more more so, they are a young team that is still trying to figure out a young team with um, Boyan Bogdanovich. So um, I think Cade is proving to be well deserving of the hype that he's had since he was drafted first overall last year. So it's great to see him thriving um, and growing into himself. He's a super exciting player. I love watching him. Um, the Bucks remain undefeated at 6-0. and They're the only undefeated, undefeated team left in the NBA right now. Giannis is playing out of his mind, just absolutely dominant. He's at 33 points per game, 12 boards, and 5 assists. He is um, second in scoring, only behind Luka Doncic, who's um, <laughs> grudgingly carrying the Mavs to 500, uh, 500 uh, records. So Giannis, however, is, is leading his teams to wins. So he's gunning for that third MVP. And if he continues playing like this, I don't know how anybody can keep that award from him, how anyone can't vote for him because he's really just playing at all-time level. I think he is at the peak of his powers right now, um, just like I kind of predicted um, as we went into the season. So Bucks are, are – I think they're undoubtedly the, the best team in the league. They have, they have the defense, you know, with, with Drew and Chris and then obviously Giannis. They have the depth on the bench. They have the shooting. It's just it's going to be hard for anybody to really rival them at all in the playoffs this year, um, barring any injuries, of course. Um, and then the last major highlight that I have, and this is actually, you know, I'm actually glad that this is one of the highlights, is that, you know, last week we spoke about the Lakers a lot and their issues, but over the past couple of games they've seemed to have picked up some, albeit small, momentum uh, we mentioned how the Lakers are one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league, and I guess they heard us because after getting benched by the Colts, Matt Ryan shot a buzzer-beating <laughs> fadeaway, leaning three to send last night's Lakers-Pelicans game to overtime. And, man, was it wild. I'm rooting for this guy. Um, but along with um, our boy Matty Ice pulling up to the LeBron show and, uh, and stealing the show, Darvin Ham has officially set Russ as a reserve where he's putting up less volume but more efficiency, and he's scoring 10 to 16 points off the bench. And as a result, the Lakers have won two games. Um, so, you know, two games is two games. It's not much to look into. But my question 
here is, you know, is, is Russ really finally accepting this reserve role? And how long is this going to last? Is this just kind of a because it's because it's a fresh sort of thing? Am I overreacting? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I was kind of wondering that, too. Like, is this what Russ is happy with his career being from now on? Or is this like, you know, I will do this for a few weeks so that we can get me to a different team kind of Russ. Mm-hmm. But I, I definitely, I mean, it, it's been fun to watch. I mean, he's, he's stepped in that role well. And I think one thing that could work for the Lakers, I mean, people say this all the time, but it's like if you have to contend with um, with the Lakers shooting better and with LeBron and with Anthony Davis in that starting lineup, and then Russell Westbrook, who's still super athletic and can still score a lot of points, is coming off the bench, and that's what your second team has to deal with. It's like one of those Russ-centric offenses. That's not easy to, to handle. So there there is a roadmap there for, for that to work for them. Yeah. I think, like we talked about last week, there there is a lot of – there's a lot of issues that the Lakers have in these two games. I, I think it is a little bit of an overreaction, but you know, I think that we we always go back to this idea of whoever is successful has will, will typically have some of the best players, and I think LeBron and AD are are great enough to take these issues and hopefully run with them as they as they just continue to carry the team. And I think with Russ. Um, taking this whether you know it doesn't matter it really it doesn't matter if he's really accepting it or if he's doing it for an ulterior motive um, it's working as far at, at least for the last couple games so hopefully this continues you know for their sake uh, for the sake of a uh, Rob Palinka so that they don't actually call us up to steal his job um, but <laughs> going ahead and yeah. uh hey yeah, yeah I was just gonna say one thing on your uh, on your Luca take too one thing I've been thinking about is uh a major factor in, in Jokic winning MVP these last couple of years has been the absence of Jamal Murray. And uh, Luka has, has been the only thing that the Mavs have going. Like, I think he's saying that him dragging them to a 500 record is very accurate. My uh, sixth man of the year pick in Christian Wood is not looking too hot right now. Um, I don't know his stats off the top of my head. I know he had a, a monstrous first couple games, and then after that has... Uh, had like a net negative offensive and defensive efficiency rating. I saw that yesterday for sure. Um, so Luca is doing a lot of this by himself, and that can factor in heavily to him winning an MVP this year. Yeah. He's averaging, I think I saw this last night, he's averaging 36 right now. Uh, yeah. And 36 and 8 and 8 or something like that. And even if they are a 6 seed right at 500 team, those numbers are just really you, you can't really fight those people will will argue the whole you know he's not it's not leading to winning basketball but I think it is it is leading to winning basketball in the in the best way that it can because the rest of his team is just not not there but those numbers are, are nasty I, I think they'll balance out a little bit he'll probably you know get closer to around 29 30 you know seven and six or something like that but he'll have a case for sure more more so than ever now um, without a clear second star, and I did think that that was going to be Christian Wood, but um, as as the last couple games have showed us, he's he's not necessarily panning out the way that we thought he would. Um, so moving on to our next topic, there was some fast hitting breaking news a couple days ago that the Brooklyn Nets and Steve Nash, quote unquote, mutually parted ways after the Nets started two and five. And then I feel like minutes after that bomb dropped, another Woj bomb revealed that the Nets had already made plans to install Ime Udoka as the next head coach. 
Uh, for those who don't know, prior to last season, Ime Yudoka served on Steve Nash's coaching staff on the Nets. And all the news and things that I've read tells us that the players, and specifically Kevin Durant and Kyrie, respected Yudoka, loved him on the on the on the coaching staff. So the front office believes that Yudoka can bring some some oomph to the team's defense as a whole. Um, but Ryan, I have to ask, you know, what are your thoughts on Nash and the the job that he did with this team? Do you think that this is like Charles Barkley has said, and this he's a clear scapegoat for this whole situation? I mean, it's hard to tell, honestly. Uh, I think the knee-jerk reaction for most people is to blame the Nets players, or I've seen some people blame the Nets ownership. Uh, but honestly, this is the only time we've seen Steve Nash as a coach, and so it's kind of hard to, to know exactly how effective he is in that realm. Um, I will say I, I think that this is a very rocky start to his coaching tenure anywhere. Um, you know, Steve Kerr, I think, probably said it much better than I can because uh, I just looked this up. Steve Kerr has actually been an NBA coach. Um, he said that he personally wouldn't have done any better than Steve Nash did with this roster, um, which I think is, I think that sums up the experience super well. And going back to the, uh, the mutually decided to part ways, it's been a lot of great tweets about that over the last few days. My personal favorite is, uh, Someone posted a picture of LeBron blocking uh, Andre Iguodala in the 2016 finals, and it said uh, Andre Iguodala mutually decided for this to get blocked. <laughs> so, yeah. Man. Yeah, my thing is, you know, S Steve Nash was one of the smartest players ever, you know, and I actually was telling – I was telling somebody this story the other night. He was – him and Kobe were the, the two reasons that I started watching NBA basketball as like a – first or second grader and Nash has always been you know he's one of the greatest point guards of all time super smart player and then when he was an assistant coach with the Warriors he was he was successful and that's really the whole reason KD wanted him in Brooklyn anyway because KD worked with him on the Warriors when he was an assistant there there's no way on earth he could have predicted the scope of the situation he was walking into three years ago when he took the Nets job and kind of like you were saying he didn't know that Kyrie would become would, would be one of the most pro problematic players off the court, all these things. And now, especially now, like he was already problematic with just, you know, his, his weird takes and his weird stances. And then especially this season with what you were talking about earlier, it's just gotten even worse. Um, he didn't know that when James Harden came to the team that they would, he would face some major injuries. Um, I just want to remind everyone real quick that in 2021, the Nets were basically a half – shoe size off from beating the Bucks and probably <laughs> going to the championship. So when it worked, it worked. But I think there's so many external forces outside of coaching that has ruined the Nets over these last three years. And I think that Nash, whether, you know, I'm not saying that he's a great coach because we, like you said, we haven't seen him in that, in that role in a normal situation where he can do what he does. But I think that in this situation, Nash, became that scapegoat because the Nets front office isn't going to trade KD. Um, I think that, you know, they were shopping it because KD demanded a trade and then, you know, took, walked it back this summer. But um, they're not going to trade him. They're turning a blind eye to – well, they're kind of turning a blind eye to Kyrie and, and his antics. He wasn't – you know, he wasn't asked to step away from the game for a couple of days or anything like that. It was just kind of like, hey, you should you should apologize and all, and all that – so 
and then I won't even get started. We haven't we haven't mentioned uh, the triple single himself with Ben Simmons. So um, <laughs> I think Nash Nash, if if there's a if there was a worse situation for him to land in for his first head coaching job, um, I, I'd love to see it because this was this was pretty much a disaster um, that looked really helpful. Yeah. So. Yeah, and you have to feel so bad for him, too. I mean, I don't know if you saw that quote from his last game uh, with the Nets where uh, someone caught him on the sideline, or maybe he said this to um, to the Nets GM. But he said something to the effect of, like, the players just didn't respond to him anymore when he was talking to them. And that's just that's depressing, man. You know, like, I think a lot of people like Steve Nash, just, like, personally. A lot of people grew up watching him play. He's such, like, a, a pure – I'm trying not to use all the, the normal buzzwords – gritty played the game the right way you know mm-hmm. <laughs> he's just such a likable guy though and uh that that sort of way of going out is is a little bit depressing i mean i did take note in his uh in his tweet or whatever he put out like a, a whole statement i think he put it on all social media actually uh but he didn't uh thank any of the players or mention the players at all i mean he mentioned uh the nets owner Sai. he mentioned sean marks gm um mentioned other coaches mentioned a whole lot of people did not mention a single player mm. didn't even vaguely allude to the players uh, which i think tells you where his uh, where his head was at at that yeah. point honestly i'm happy for him now i mean that whole situation sucked but i hope he lands somewhere with less toxic personalities maybe just as another assistant and maybe even one day land another head coaching job you know I th- jason kidd he didn't he didn't look like a great coach at first and not to say he's a great coach now but hey people believed in him so i think the same thing will happen yeah. with steve nash he's he was like i said he's one of the greatest point guards of yeah. all time you know i mean imagine him coaching like this year's magic or something like that oh yeah like that'd be great yeah. they'd love him yeah they love him <laughs> a, a team with team with like no personality <laughs> right um so with this there's a whole other side of this and that's the the ime udoka thing which is so wild to me because uh he's still technically on the Celtics staff and there's still so much up in the air about what he did. But aside from the off-court stuff, Yudoka um, is a good coach, obviously. And last year was his was his coaching debut, and he brought the Celtics to the finals. And he'll probably help the Nets, if all of this plays out the way that the Nets are, are wanting it to play out. He'll probably help the, the defensive side of things for the team, but even that I don't think will be enough to cover up all the other issues the Nets have. You know, this whole Kyrie thing is not going to get – perfectly situated just because he made Udoka's here, you know. Um, and this is this is slightly off topic, but what I what I do believe in with the Nets is the greatness of Kevin Durant. I think that he has the talent and the ability to turn on the, you know, I'm the best player in the world kind of game. We've seen that in when he was in in Golden State. But the issue here is that we never have really seen him single handedly carry a team when we kind of talk about him as a great who has, if that makes sense. And we're not going to, you know, I'm, I'm, we're not going to disparage Russ in those OKC days. Obviously, the KD was the alpha in that, but they were they were a dynamic duo. They were like the def- definition of a dynamic duo. It wasn't just KD carrying it, it was or, or just Russ. It was them together being elite. Um, so I think that that is, if, if Kevin Durant wants to, and I believe, I believe, I'm of the camp that he left the Warriors to go to the Nets so that he could have his own team and prove that he could do it and lead a team and carry a team to a championship. And he has the talent, he has the ability, he has a skill, but we just haven't seen him turn that on. 
And so if he wants to prove everyone wrong about him not being able to carry a team and not and always running to the easiest thing, then he's just going to have to take it over and, you know, become that player that he can be. Um, but I digress. With all that to say, justice for our boy Steve. Um, Steve, just go join the Buck staff and get your – get you a, a assistant coaching ring, man. <laughs> it, it'll be the easiest easiest move for you for the rest of the season. Um, so moving on, uh, and this is this is kind of be our, this is gonna be our uh, fun segment of today's episode. Um, we're gonna play th- this fun game that um, I've seen in a couple different podcasts. I've seen a couple of different podcasts do this and sports TikTokers and stuff like that. They uh, basically Ryan is going to guess an NBA player based on their career path alone. So I will list the teams that this player was on in order throughout their career. And then, Ryan, you're going to do your best job to guess which player matches which career path. So I'll tell you if they're retired or not. I have a couple of retired, a couple not retired. And I'll go ahead and say that if I say they're not retired, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're on a team. So do with that information what you will. So like Mario Chalmers. Yes, exactly. Although I could, I, I will, I would bet money that Mario Chalmers is retired because I haven't thought about him in you know six Dude, years. I actually looked this up after we did that last year or last year, <laughs> long time since the last pod. Since we did that last week, um, he's actually in the G League right no now. No way! Wow. Yeah, he plays for like Sioux Falls. <laughs> he's trying to get back, man. <laughs> um, he said, "Did the Heat still need a point guard?" <laughs> they do, actually. Lowry's not not playing out the way they want him to. So, tell LeBron I'm coming. <laughs> okay, so I'll give you I'll give you their teams, and then if they're retired or not retired, and then after that, uh, I'll give you levels of hints if if you if you need them. So the first first hint will be the position they play. The second hint will be what year they were drafted, and the third will just be a random hint based on what I help will feel like help what I feel like will help but not give the answer completely away. So we'll do one practice round. So this practice round player is retired, and this is his career path. And if you want to – I don't know if you want to write this down or if you have a great memory, but his, this is his career path. Magic, Lakers, Heat, Suns, Cavs, Celtics. Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to go out on the world's shortest limb and say that this is Shaquille O'Neal. This is Shaquille O'Neal, correct. <laughs> so, easy enough, you know, and, and that'll be th- – these are these are a little bit tougher than that, I'll say. So, <laughs> that was why that was the practice round. But we will go ahead and do this and jump in. And, uh, like I said, you have chances for hints if you need them, but I believe in you. And and your goal is to go more than one for I – have, I, have, I have ten here. We may not get to all ten, but – Get more than one so you can beat my score from last year <laughs> or last week. Uh, man, it's been a long week. I guess. Right? <laughs> so <laughs> let's go ahead and jump in. Number one, this player is not retired. Okay. He started with the Warriors, then he went to the Mavericks, and now he's on the Kings. Oh, man. Started Come on. Warriors. Well, you already mentioned him earlier in the podcast. I'm going to go one for one here. This is Mr. Harrison Barnes. Let's go. It is indeed Harrison Barnes. <laughs> Honestly, don't remember him on the Mavs at all, but I don't remember him much to begin with, except for, you know, in the 2015 championship. So he, um, he was like, they sent the Mavs like a first round pick and Harrison Barnes just so they would take him so that they could have the cap space to sign KD. Ah, uh, uh, that makes sense. <coughs> Word. 
Okay, so player number two. This player is not retired. Wizards, Bulls, Magic, Warriors, Raptors. Oh my gosh. Wizards, Bulls, Magic, Warriors, Raptors, and they're an active player right now. Um, I'm going to be honest. I did not know that he was on the Raptors. Shoot. Um, like he's is he he's currently on the Raptors, I would assume. Yes, I'll, I'll tell you that. Yeah, he's currently <laughs> on the Raptors. That does kind of narrow it down a little bit. Um, I don't know why my first guess was going to be Robert Covington, but he was only on two of these teams. <laughs> um, <laughs> and is definitely not on the Raptors right now. Mm-hmm. Um, shoot, man. Uh I, I would not. I don't want to use my first hint here, but I feel like I have to. Um, I also feel this intense pressure not to let there be any dead space <laughs> for the listeners. No, um, I can't imagine how you felt last week. Now, <laughs> all right, I'm gonna need my first hint. Okay, the first hint is <laughs> I don't know how much this helps, but he was drafted in 2013. Okay, 2013. I'll, also, I gave you the second hint, but whatever. He was drafted in 2013. Okay, um, 2013, man, Wizards, Bulls, Magic, Warriors, Raptors, um, just Bulls and Magic makes me think Robin <laughs> Lopez, but Robin Lopez is on the Cavs, or not. Oh, man. I promised the listeners no. I would look that up after last week's pod. <laughs> um, I did not know that. Also, he wasn't on those teams in that order at all, um. I don't know, man. Think, Do you have any think, other? Yeah, think. Whenever, whenever John Wall was at his peak, okay. there was a there was a starting five, and I couldn't tell you. Actually, I could tell you the center, and I could tell you John Wall, um, Bradley Beal, Marcin Gortat, a four, and then this guy. He played the three, <laughs> I believe, for the uh, Wizards. Oh. And he was like the guy. Oh, is it Otto Porter? It is Otto Porter. Oh, my gosh. Wilt Chamberlain's long-lost son. (laughs) How do do we do points if I needed that many hints? I'll just give it to you. Ah, come on. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm the champ now. (laughs) (laughs) You are. We can just cut it. Thanks, Uh, Otto Porter. (laughs) So, next. This player is not retired. This one is a little bit easier than the first two. This player's not retired. Grizzlies, Rockets, Raptors, Heat. Well, this one, uh, I, I also mentioned this one just a few minutes ago. This is Mr. Kyle Lowry. All right, all right, easy enough. All right, next. This player is not technically retired. Hornets, Nuggets, Knicks, Cavs, Lakers. Oh, okay. He's one of your guys. One of my guys, not technically retired, so he last played for the Lakers. Um, Hornets to Nuggets. Who, who's gone from the Hornets to the Nuggets before? Mm-hmm. And I will Char- say, this was the New Orleans Hornets, oh. obviously, because they weren't the Charlotte Hornets until very yeah. recently. No, that helps. That helps a lot. Um, Nuggets to Knicks. Uh Oh, oh, this is J.R. No, is it J.R. Smith? It is J.R. Smith. Okay, Correct. come on. Four for four. Let's go. I was hoping that you might get tripped up with uh, Iman Shumpert because uh, 
I know that they kind of follow each other around for a while. Listen, <laughs> I still follow him on Shumpert around. <laughs> He's still apparently in the league, I think. Or no, I think he was in, in like a year ago. He won All Dancing right. with the Stars like a year oh, ago. Oh, that's right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that was a whole culture, culture, like big culture piece for me. Right. All right. <laughs> Next. This player is not retired. Hornets, Clippers, Rockets, Thunder, Suns. All right. So they are on the Suns right now, I would assume. So thinking backwards, who has gone from the Thunder to the Suns? Uh, Campaign has gone from the Thunder to the Suns. Um, I can't tell you a millisecond of Campaign's <laughs> life before he was like high fiving Russ on the Thunder. So if he was on another basketball team, I don't know. He was um, on. He was on my beloved Bulls there for a little bit. And he was. Shoot, I forgot about that. That's when people like called him the worst player in the league and everything. Yeah, and then he came back and is like a very formidable point guard, backup point guard. Sucks. Chris Paul really does it to him. Um, <laughs> Hornets to Clippers. They had Nick Batum, but he's still on the Clippers. Um, Rockets, Thunder, Suns. Shoot. So Rockets and Thunder makes me think that he could have gotten traded in the rush trade. Uh, that mm-hmm. sent CP3 to the Thunder. But I don't know who that was other than Russ and CP3. Um, and then Thunder to Sun. So this guy's following CP3 around. And Clippers. Holy cow. This is this is CP3. <laughs> <laughs> he is indeed. Oh my gosh. How did I not oh know? Oh my gosh. Yes, that was Chris Paul. You uh, you did some did some laps around him for a little bit, uh, but he was he was there waiting for you, man. I knew I, I felt like actually this isn't even what tripped you up, but I thought that the thunder thing would trip you up because when I saw this, the thunder thing tripped me up because he was on the thunder for that one year and took him to the playoffs and whatnot. But you don't think of Chris Paul Thunder necessarily, um, but that was amazing, an incredible uh, year, honestly. Oh yeah, so. oh yeah, it it because people were thinking. After that Rockets, you know, hit, hit all of his injuries and stuff, that Rockets sent, it was like, oh, man, is Chris Paul really he's, – he's definitely on the downturn. And then goes to the Suns, and he's, he's absolutely killing it. All right, next player. This player is not retired. This is, you're going to want to write these down. Magic, Lakers, Rockets, Hawks, Hornets, Wizards. Oh, this is Dwight Howard. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> Uh, I'll go ahead and finish it. Wizards, back to the Lakers, 76ers, and then back to the Lakers again, and currently not on a team. He got so. traded to the Nets in there, too, and just didn't play oh, any yeah. games. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, that was not – that was they didn't even put that in basketball reference. <laughs> All right. Let's get to some retired players. This player is retired. Grizzlies, Lakers, Bulls, Spurs, Bucks. Oof. Okay, just because it's retired players, I need like a frame of reference for like around when this guy played. Okay, this guy played uh, in his, the the majority of his prime years were the entire 2000s. So 2000 okay. to 2010, I would say, is his prime, prime years. All right. Um, Grizzlies, Lakers, 
Oh, oh, this is uh, this is Pau Gasol, man. Come it on, it is Pau Gasol. Let's go, seven for seven. Never forget Bulls Pau Gasol. He's kind of nice. Oh man, he was. He really was. That was like the, <laughs> you know he was at the end of his his uh, his peak, but or his prime. But he was he was putting up some good numbers for us. That was the uh, the Jimmy Jimmy Butler. You know, oh, yeah. kind of like a ghost of D Rose. Uh, D Wade was in there. Rondo, man, that was a, that was a fun team. That was Underrated. a good team. I'll never yeah. forget. I watched a documentary one time where they were talking about like is just showing teams trying to court Pau Gasol to sign with them, like when he was a free agent <laughs> after the Lakers, which is a real thing. I mean, he was like an all star, oh, yeah. you know, forward at that point. Um, and there, I remember it showed Kevin Durant trying to figure out things to do with Pau Gasol to like convince him to go to OKC. And they talked about the only thing Pau Gasol wanted to do was see the Oklahoma City Symphony Orchestra. <laughs> And like that he, <laughs> sounds about right. <laughs> oh man, love pal. All right, this next player is also retired. Pistons, Spurs, Bulls, Lakers, Mavericks. What I'll tell you for this one is that he is not. You would not. Neither of us probably would have watched him play and be really aware of what was going on. I'll say that. Okay. So, like, late 90s? <laughs> um, for, for the listeners at home, Kiefer did nod at that one. <laughs> um, I, I feel like Spurs Rodman was after Bulls Rodman, but I'm going to say Dennis Rodman. It is Dennis Rodman. Man. I knew I knew the Let's rest go. of those teams lined up, and I was like, maybe I'm just wrong on my timeline. I, I honestly thought Spurs Rodman was after after the Bulls too. I thought he went Pistons then Bulls, but I guess not. He's always on. I follow this page that that shows like players and jerseys that you don't recognize them in, and it's always the Mavericks and Spurs jerseys for Dennis Rodman that I'm like, what? I don't remember that at all. <laughs> well, I, obviously, I don't remember it because I didn't watch it live, but I just don't remember thinking about it. You know, as I've learned basketball over the years. All right, so the next two players, the last two players are not um, retired. But I think you know, these, these are a little more, um, a little more obscure. Um, Otto Porter Jr. is pretty obscure, though. So um, this player is not retired. 76ers, Pelicans, Bucks. <laughs> so they're active and they're on. Oh, that's, that's Drew Holiday. Easy. Too easy. Easy See, money. Come on. I, I thought this was going to be so much, so much more difficult. And so I put these two, you know, not 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 a ton of teams players down here, just in mm-hmm. case you know you you didn't get the first couple. But uh, you're you're nine for nine right now, so let's let's try to make it perfect. If you don't get it perfect, then it doesn't count. This player is not retired. Lakers, Cavaliers, Jazz. Oh man, oh man, Keith. Keith, throwing me a layup. Hit me with it. As they say last year, last <laughs> last week. What what are we last doing? Last freaking week. I'll go ahead and tell you when this guy makes his way back to the Lakers in a few weeks. I'm going to be so excited. Um, I'll, I'll never forget the day uh, he was traded from the Lakers to the Cavs. I felt heartbroken because he was the leading. Uh, I think he was the betting odds leader for six man of the year back in like 2017, mm. 18, maybe when he got traded. This is Jordan Clarkson. This is Jordan Clarkson, man. What a guy. You know what? Next time we do this, I'm going to pull out like 
Utah Watanabe or something and, and try to make <laughs> you get that one because um, that this was way too easy. But Ryan, you did a great job. I'm, I'm really I impressed. genuinely thought I was going to do awful at this, but now I'm concerned for how much I know about random guys' careers. <laughs> right, right. I love I, I love watching people play this game too, like on on YouTube and stuff. It's it's actually because I like doing it myself. Um, and you, it's it's funny how much we remember of little things like you know Harrison Barnes being on the Mavericks. Like you know that that's a random thing that is very insignificant other than this game. Um, <laughs> but anyway. Thank you for playing, Ryan. And, folks, that'll be it for our show today. Thank you all for listening. Hey, if you got a quick second, give us a rating on Spotify and Apple Music. It would help us out tremendously. Share this pod with your friends. And be sure to follow us on Instagram to stay updated when we, when we drop new episodes. And to send us your thoughts on what we discuss. As well as if you want us to talk about your team some more. Um, because maybe, maybe we haven't touched your team at all um, in these first couple episodes or anything else going on in the NBA that you want to talk about. We want to hear from you. Ryan, it's always a pleasure, and we will catch you guys next time. Shout out Dean Wade. (laughs) Three for three.